Hello, 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 sister. Welcome to the She Is Awesome podcast. This is Jaylan Boyce, your host. And today I am interviewing an amazing woman who blew me away with her infectious energy. So <laughs> buckle up because this is what happened during the episode. We started our interview with um, this guest. And in the middle of it, I had to cut the interview because I was basically ushered out of my pod where I was recording this. And we had to pick it up again on um, the next morning. So there will be a little moment where you will understand what I'm talking about. But um, it just brought more surprise to the episode. And my guest, to be honest, brought all the positive energy even at this moment of like, ah, what are we going to do? We cannot record the podcast. So special thank you to her. Now, let me talk about my guests. You know, sometimes you meet someone and all of a sudden there is this spark and you're like, oh, I want to be your friend. Well, Ashley is one of those people. Ashley has over 20 years of experience in marketing and communications. And she co-founded with her husband, a multi-award winning business um, called Halo Business Consulting in 2019, right before COVID. Now, listen, the thing is, Halo is specialized in hospitality sector, and you will see why. And imagine what happened to Ashley and her husband and her family in the first few months of their business. Imagine that. Can you imagine? Yeah, you will hear. You will hear. So, on top of all that, Ashley is also a mother of three, which in my eyes made her go above and beyond everybody. <laughs> and she's now my living and breeding superhero, to be honest. We talked about many things, um, including co-founding a business with your partner and working with your partner and living in a family of three kids, you know, 24-7. It's go, go, go. And we talked about her um, practices of, you know, that allow them to propel her business because Ashley really was able to, with her husband, propel that business. So stay tuned to find, I would say, an oomph of energy mixed with practical key takeaways and a full-on honest conversation about life, motherhood, being a, you know, entrepreneur as a woman and a wife at the same time. Hello, Ashley. How are you doing? Welcome to the She's Awesome podcast. Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, Jay. It's fantastic to be here. And thank you for having me on. She is awesome. I am so happy and excited. You know, guys, we had, um, so I kind of stalked Ashley because <laughs> <laughs> she she won um, the Best Business uh, Women Awards in 2023. And I was there and I saw her on the um on the stage and then I started to stalk her but it, well I, it didn't take me too much effort you, you were kind enough to say to me hey what's up <laughs> and we had the first kind of call and we really connected very well and I I'm really happy that she's here on this podcast because one of the reasons is um, she went through the journey of hell uh, during COVID with her very newly launched business, which she will talk about in a, in a bit, but also because um, she's leading a business with her husband and she had the bold move to move out of London. And there are a lot of really interesting stuff in her business, in her journey that I do believe that it's going to make a lot of you going oh that really tells me something let me listen to this lady so yeah without further ado Ashley can you tell us a little bit more about how you end up as an entrepreneur and what was the journey to get you there well thank you so much for for having me here to share my story and it's so pleased that you stalked me so thank you i'm delighted to be here um so my journey to entrepreneurship i think was 
almost a little bit expected. So I became an entrepreneur um, only in 2019, so fairly recent. Um, but I think looking back, um, so I um, have worked in the hospitality industry for over 20 years. Um, I've always had a passion for travel. I'm a real people person, love love a chat. Um, and I, I'd, yeah, I think really from the age of 13, I had worked in bars, restaurants, um, you know, waited on tables and the, the joy of making people happy through hospitality, the organization and multi-skilling that it took, um, you know, even just running um, your tables in a restaurant was, was always something that I think really propelled me to just kind of deal with the multitasking that is often required of, of being a, a working parent and a, an entrepreneur. So um, my first taste really of, of kind of the travel and hospitality sector was um, I did a, a summer placement between my first and second year at university where I was studying hospitality um, and tourism management so I was already on a on a path to um, sort of forge my career in hospitality at that time um, and to be honest I didn't um, necessarily want to go back to my hometown I wanted to kind of my, my wings had been opened as I left Newcastle um, to go to university at Sheffield Hallam um, and I had a wonderful opportunity to join um, Eurocamp as um, as a kind of three-month placement um, to improve my French, which I think, um, you know, improved maybe the ability to drink pastiche um, <laughs> French liqueurs. But anyway, um, I had a great experience there, met some people from all around the world, which was just um, a, a wonderful window into, you know, different cultures and and, and working in a different environment with a, um, an in, you know, a language um, where I, I was was learning French as well. So um, that was a great experience. And then I thought, well, let's up the ante for my next experience. Um, and as part of our course at uni, we did a work placement, which could be anywhere in the world. Um, and I landed an amazing opportunity to work in Colorado Springs, which hadn't really I didn't know a whole lot about um but I went with this kind of open mind this sort of naive um you know 20 something off I went into the Rocky Mountains and I worked for a year at the most incredible hotel um it's it's one of the prestigious hotels in the world five star five diamond um it had 700 bedrooms which I was at the reception and there'd be days where I was you know checking in 600 people and, and 600 people were checking out but again from a, a immersing myself in a totally different space, meeting people from all over the world, having that real level of, of sort of organization and in, in, in running um, that, that as a kind of job, just really, I think, planted a lot of seeds of, of what I wanted to do in my professional career. So anyway, fast forward, I graduated, um, was really lucky to have secured a graduate management program with a wonderful hotel group, which is now part of Marriott. It was called Starwood Hotels and Resorts, um, which is fully integrated into Marriott. Um, and I spent eight wonderful years with them, um, really developing um, my marketing and PR skills. Um, I worked in London. I worked at a lovely resort in um, Turnbury, which is very well known for, for its golf. Um, and then I went to work in Thailand for one of their amazing resorts in Phuket, which was just like oh the best God. experience. And <laughs> honestly, I could have stayed there for, for a, long, a lot longer than I did. I was there for about three, four years, had the best time. Um, again, it, it was whilst Phuket is um, certainly sort of well trodden in the in the tourist trail actually when you live and work there um, my whole team were Thai so whilst we spoke English there was all you know the chatter in the office was in Thai so um, so I learned a lot of Thai and, I, and apparently I speak with a Phuketian accent when I'm speaking Thai um, and just you know I was invited to their weddings to um, you, you know um, inauguration ceremonies at the Buddhist temples and you know I had really immersed myself in in the local culture and traditions um and then um yeah just had a, a great time um, and then that that sort of period came to a close just with the hotel group that I was working with um their contracts changed I spent some time traveling with my sister we took 18 months off and went traveling which was incredible um and then it was kind of time for reality to kick in. So this was, I was kind of, yeah, just uh, turned 30 and I was a little bit like, um, 
maybe I should consider settling down. So um, came back to London and it was the Olympic year. It was 2012. London was just buzzing with you know, people from all over the world. Um, and I got a job at the um, Hilton on Park Lane, which was actually the host hotel for the Olympic Committee. So really in the heart of the action, um, I had a few wonderful years there. Um, and this is when I reconnected with my husband, who we'd actually met a few years ago, it took seven years for us to start dating after first meeting each other. So more on that later. Um, but we... Um, I had a few wonderful years in London. I was really lucky to do the opening of the Shangri-La Hotel in the Shard as director of marketing. And I think that really helped to solidify what it was like to open a hotel as a director of communications and all of the opportunities and challenges that came with that. Um, we then... Um, had a um had our first child whilst we were in London and honestly it was quickly apparent that the industry at that time so this this was pre-COVID and, and pre sort of flexibility being kind of a little bit more ingrained in everyone's mindsets but it was just very challenging for us to continue with our careers in that way um once we once we had a, a little one so um so I changed direction slightly and moved more into a PR agency environment so I was able to work four days a week and work slightly more kind of office hours which fitted in with the nursery um my husband Michael um he is very much from an operations and guest service um background and working in hotels which is a 24-7 industry. So it, there was a little bit more flexibility on my side, a little bit of flexibility on his side, but we, we got to a point where we just said, look, we, we just can't continue this. Um, and that also coincided with being pregnant with our second child. So I think I just had a moment where I thought, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I really felt a pull to be back closer to my family, to have that support network. Um, my husband, Michael, is from Ireland and we considered whether we maybe consider going back to Ireland or whether we move to the northeast. Um, and we we took the decision to move to the northeast um, and so pleased that we did so we're in a beautiful coastal community now just outside of Newcastle in Whitley Bay um, and we, we had the most wonderful parental leave with, with our with our two children and really were considering what do we do at, at, at this point um, then we were so blissfully happy that um, along came baby number three so in this kind of time of me being on this maternity leave we, we found out we were pregnant with our third child and that really was a catalyst for us to think we need to create something that we can create um, an income for our family that works around our family and we have collectively um, you know, 40 years of experience of working in hospitality both in operations and guest service and then in marketing and PR surely there's a way that we can work in an industry that we love which we're not necessarily working specifically for, for one place we can we can use that and, and support the industry as a whole so that was the real light bulb moment and we actually registered our business halo business consulting on michael's 40th birthday um, and i'd um i'd only given birth three weeks later uh, three weeks earlier apologies so we we were there i was there with my third baby in a huge whirlwind you know up feeding at night coming up with our um you know branding and how we would launch our website and um you know what our launch media release would look like etc so we we took about six months during that kind of um, parental leave bliss um to to work on our business as almost our raising our fourth baby at that stage um and and then we we launched halo in in november of 2019 and we'd really taken the time to um you know, think about our name, which um, Halo is um, obviously that the Halo impression is is something that's known um, quite widely as, as that kind of first impression and the power of a first impression. And that's so relative to the hospitality sector and service sector. Um, we've got a very famous landmark here, the Angel of the North. So angels and halos, it was all felt very um, connected. So we'd, we'd taken time to really kind of establish what our values were and how we could use that experience to really support hospitality businesses with that full guest journey. So looking at everything from that discovery phase of when you know, a guest considers um, 
you know where they'll travel to where they'll want to spend you know their, their time at a hotel and right the way through to nurturing that guest to booking and then when that guest steps through the door how that service then aligns with that promise that we've created through all of the marketing and communications that's got them there and then how do we deliver an amazing experience and then ultimately nurture that guest so they become a loyal um a loyal future guest so we we yeah launched 2019 all singing all dancing we had some great media coverage and local press and um through the industry and then we all know what happened in 2020 so it was yeah a real I I thought oh my god well that's like done you know that's two three months of us launching this business we we won some business quite quickly and we were working on some really lovely projects and um, our first project was a um an integration of a, a hotel group that had just been acquired and they needed some marketing strategy and um some sort of quick wins and then we did a lovely rebranding project and then everything just stopped because hotels stopped they they, they closed their doors so um it was yeah quite a roller coaster but thankfully we've we've come through the other side I'm pleased to say. This is an amazing story. So there are so many uh, things that I kind of took a mental note about and I want to get back to. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to say there is, you know, some people talk about their past and they're like, oh, this happened, this happened. And um, at every single part of that journey, you were smiling, even for, <laughs> you know, that is a, and I think that's a, that's a very, very uh, strong entrepreneurial um, power that you have because it's the mindset and, and it, you, you have the ability to talk about something in a very positive way, which is, which I just want to say, yeah, I, I feel the like positive energy. Um, so let's get back to that Colorado, right? Shall we? <laughs> Is it one of those hotels where all the like celebrities come and? Yeah, I mean, it was just I, you know, I, I, it was talk about sort of setting the bar high, um, and I had no experience of what luxury looked like. I mean, I'd, you know, um. Just I had never experienced anything like this, this amazing um, place. And I remember telling my parents that I was off to Colorado and they had to sort of look it up. I mean, this was like even really before the Internet, looking it up on a, a world map. And so, is, is that where it is? Oh, my God. You know, it's miles away. But um, it was... It was such an amazing time. And I remember Elton John being, you know, in the lobby and he was performing at the convention centre, which was just around the corner. Um, Christopher Dean of, of Torval and Dean actually had a house in the in the neighbouring area and he would just nip in for afternoon tea. Um, there was um, Iron Maiden, all sorts of, of bands. And um, Joan Rivers, I remember, was there. There, there, there was just... It, it was just the ultimate luxurious experience. And, and what was wonderful was um, they really encouraged your family to come and experience that when they visited you. So when my family arrived from Newcastle, you know, fresh off the plane, not been to America before, they were greeted, you know, by these, you know, um, top to tail, you know, doorman that welcomed them in and, and you know, in this palatial environment. And it was it was stunning. You know, it was really in the foothills of the Rockies, um, you know, a beautiful infinity pool that looked out over this lake. And, you know, we we had never experienced anything like it. And they ushered the, my family off to this incredible suite. Um, and, you know, they were like, is, is this for us, this whole space? Is this not, are we not sharing this with another, like, few families? Um, but what was, what was quite funny, my dad dines out on this story, is there was a newsreader who um, re um, presents, presented um, on our local news at the time um, and he was actually staying in one of the neighbouring suites and when my dad was walking around the lake um, in his best Geordie accent said to the newsreader um, something along the lines of, well, you're a long way from home, Bonnie lad. And this newsreader sort of turned around and did not expect someone from Newcastle to be sort of there. And, oh, oh, my gosh. So they had this lovely exchange. Um, and, you know, just, yeah, amazing that they were there. So it was it was something, I think, that really planted the seed. But I have to say, in every role since I, that I've had and every hotel that I've worked in, you know, my parents are always so supportive and my family always come and stay and experience it. But the, the comment that keeps coming back to, oh, well, it's lovely. I'm like, 
but but it's not as lovely as that hotel in Colorado. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? But come on. <laughs> oh so my yes, God. Their, their expectations are far too high, right? <laughs> it's amazing. But you know, what an amazing start. So I'm going to ask you something because you you are also working for um, customer experience. I, I'm a very strong believer of customer experience. I always say, you nail your customer experience it will do its work for you. You know, it's it's such an important part of the whole business. And to me, it feels like luxury is all about nailing the customer experience. So tell me like something, something that actually got your attention in that establishment that you said, holy shit, this is amazing. And I need, you know, I need to put this in my brain and never forget about it. Um, oh, I think that's a, a great question. And you're absolutely right. I think um, delivering exceptional guest experience, customer experience will, um, you know, turn your guests into advocates for your business. And it's that virtuous circle. Um, and in fact, there's a really interesting statistic that came out of the Harvard Business School recently that said just a 5% increase in customer retention can lead to an increase in profitability of up to 95%. So, you know, in terms of retaining and building that loyal customer base, it's really, you're going to really see that in your profitability. And I think especially as the hospitality industry are facing such high costs of doing business now with inflationary pressures, that profitability is is so integral when we're looking at, um, you know, how best to operate hotels. Mm. But yeah, coming back to, to Colorado, um, it 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 was the level of personalization and the efforts that they went to to really understand the the guests and their motivations for being there and also what we would call their travel persona so there could be a guest that stays at that hotel multiple times a year but perhaps they stay on business at a certain time they might return with their family they might return with their extended mm. family and each visit they have a slightly different mindset they have slightly different goals in, in order for what they want their experience to look like and I think in in days gone by we were perhaps guilty of grouping guests into certain segments let's say whereby mm. they you know we would cluster certain behaviors or certain preferences and actually that treating guests as as individuals, but also individuals on each and every trip um, and, and really, um, you know, getting to know them. And that there's some amazing technology around gathering some of those preferences and understanding their motivations for their trip that can be applied. So when that guest is standing in front of the, re- the reception team, that they have that prompt that they can make that personal connection um, or it can be done in a digital environment whereby um, you can then in the lead up to that guest's arrival you can start to send them really personalized messages that will um, enhance their stay um, and and yeah sort of really integrate the sort of digital guest journey with the actual guest journey once they arrive at, at the hotel so I think they, they did that brilliantly. And I mean, this is going back a, a few years. So perhaps the digital experience has evolved since then. Okay, that was not expected. So for those who are listening, of course, this is edited now and you will not hear it. But um, I got kicked out from the pod where I was recording. So we had to stop this conversation with Ashley. And now, <laughs> a day later, we're going to pick it back up. So I know that you've heard this, but the, the last question was about customer experience and how you nail it. And we talked about personalization and how you get more personal and more um, attentive to personal details. And Ashley had just started to talk about this amazing experience in a London-based hotel. And Ashley, please just get back from the beginning to that London-based hotel and then hopefully the editing will clean it up all and you guys will be hearing a smooth story. <laughs> not cut for a day. <laughs> well, it's great to be back in the room with you a, a day later, Jay. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, so yeah, just kind of reflecting back on our conversation yesterday and we were talking about um, how to really nail that customer experience and I think it all comes down to making that 
emotional connection with with the guests and with your customers um and you know i've been really lucky and my husband michael we've worked in the hospitality industry for over 20 years each and we've had the great fortune of working with some amazing brands and hotels but i think one particular example which we started to talk about yesterday was um, a London hotel, uh, it's called The Goring, and it is one of the last um, independent family-run and owned hotels. It's in a beautiful muse um, in Victoria. And we, um, ahead of my husband um, starting to work there when we were still living in London, we were invited to do a, a mystery stay. So they, they didn't know that, that Michael was due to be working there. So it was a little bit of a covert mission. So off we went into London. And we, at, um, as on arrival, you know, you, the, the doors swing open and the um, you know, doorman with beautiful top hat and tails welcomes you to the Goring. And he took our name at that point. And at no other point throughout the stay had we given anyone our name. However, at every interaction that we had when we stepped up to check in at the reception desk, when we asked the concierge for some recommendations for dinner, when we went for a glass of fizz in the restaurant, when we went to breakfast the next morning, when we bumped into housekeeping on the um, on the corridors, they all knew our names, which it was just incredible to have that level of of personalization and personal care um, and and what I loved about that experience was we just felt a real sense of, of belonging and really it, it just enhanced our, our stay and and of course we were seeing it through the lens of, of Michael soon to be working there but I think that experience really solidified for us um, our approach when we're working with our clients to to look at that sort of holistic view of your guest experience and how you can personalize that experience for that guest at all points throughout their experience so um, I think with with digital technologies advancing um, considerably and and you know we're all having conversations around AI and the impact of AI both from an enhancement and a um, you know consideration point of view the the guest experience begins so early on in that customer journey so from that discovery phase when guests are you know determining where they'd like to go on holiday, how what hotels they would like to stay in. Um, they're really getting a, an impression of your business at, at that early stage. And there's about 26 different touch points often that somebody will go through before they decide to click that button to book your hotel. Um, they'll, you know, research you on TripAdvisor, they'll maybe go to a, um, an online booking channel. And then, um, you know, hopefully the idea is that you get them through to your website, you get that booking, um, you get their email address, hopefully some preferences. You can then match that with if they've stayed before. So all of this, this data is really, really powerful. So when your guests arrives and, and checks in with you you understand why the guest is there have they stayed with you before are they accompanying with a partner with family are they there on business and you can really tailor your welcome and or, or welcome back and and that experience for that guest on that particular visit um, and then there's all sorts of um, you know post-stay um, engagement that you can then do to nurture that guest to become a, a, a loyal um, continued guest so I think with with Michael's background in this you know really highly refined guest service particularly honed at the Goring and then my skills and, and, and experience from working um, within marketing and communications within the five-star environment in London and overseas we really wanted to bring together that perspective to offer that real 360 degree view of the guest experience which can be delivered through marketing communications and your your service culture um, and guest experience strategy so um, that's what we set out to do four years ago um, as I say with with Halo and um, we we kind of hit the ground running um, and I, I know we touched upon the pandemic and we launched just before the pandemic um, so if I if I can maybe move on to talking about how we navigated the pandemic in an industry that actually closed its doors and what we did to, to really kind of oh that is that. yeah that is a, a, <laughs> the juiciest bit but hang oh, on I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. leave it to the, to, to sure. the last uh, last question so yes this is this is amazing gold nuggets for any business because um i feel like um we tend to forget one thing which is um showing care 
you know, it's I see this um, a lot. Either um, entrepreneurs get bogged down down to like the project, the delivering yes. a good project, right? That is the you know that is the basic. Of course, you got to deliver a high quality you know service or project or or product. I'm not questioning that. However. Um, uh, you know, the, the saying that says they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care about them. Yeah. It is such a big part of entrepreneurship and growth of any businesses. And what you said is, um, and I guess what you nailed in Halo is customer experience doesn't start after sales. It starts yes. at the first time they saw your brand. Yes. And then you're saying that there are 26 touch points until they decide to work with you. Exactly. So, so that, yeah, that journey. shows also how important it is anything that touches marketing, PR and, and sales. And then after that, the customer experience has to be top notch, whether you are a copywriter or a designer or you know interior designer or a luxury hotel or apple or you know whatever it is because that customer becomes your free advertising yeah absolutely they become advocates and i think that you know we're so connected now um you know we we carry our mobile computers in our pockets our smartphones and we can really easily see the the success of of um, a hotel, a restaurant, so easily through the reviews left on social media, um, looking at other people's experiences. Um, we can really um, make a judgment on whether we want to invest our, our time and money into that experience. And I think, you know, we're in a cost of living crisis and, and that has absolutely affected the hospitality industry. Um, people are very mindful about that disposable income. However, it does, in terms of looking at statistics, that there definitely seems to be a ring fence of people's budgets that they particularly since the pandemic, that they still want to allocate some budget to continuing to have those experiences with friends and family at a restaurant, at a hotel. Mm. So when they do ring fence that budget, that budget becomes so precious because, you know, they've worked really hard and, and we've all got, you know, more expensive bills to pay and, and our disposable incomes ever being squeezed. So their expectation is higher than ever before that that experience must deliver. So in terms of them doing that research they really want to ensure that they that is going to be money well spent so they'll spend a lot of time researching look at reviews look at other people's experiences and then and then decide to to go ahead and and um make that booking or or, or reservation so i think absolutely as you say you know getting that um getting that right and, and turning your customers into loyal supporters and they'll tell everyone about how wonderful the experience was will, will ultimately help you to continue um, to, to be successful and, and um, be attractive to people to want to come and stay with you or eat in your restaurant etc. Yeah definitely and and it is the growth of the business at the end of the day. Okay, I'm going to shift gears. I'm not going to talk business now. I'm going to talk about something that you mentioned um, at the start, that you took time off for six months when you had your third baby yeah. and you were giving birth to your fourth baby, which is Halo. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me more about um, something that is really astonishing and I have a lot of respect for it is how does it feel? What, is, what does it look like in your household to have three kids who are quite young? Yes. Plus a, well, youngish business and you are both entrepreneurs. How does that feel? It's, yeah, it's been quite a journey. And I think it, it was something that the motivation for us starting Halo was very much to have a, have the ability to support our, our family and to have those that flexibility which I think that we craved when when we didn't have that opportunity from our um, careers in, in London so it was very much driven out of the desire to have this support around our family but also to to 
still be connected to an industry that we loved. Um, so we, as I said, yeah, we, we decided on the name and we registered our business to Company's House. As I say, my, my third child was about three weeks old. So it was very <laughs> close succession. And, you know, I've got, I, I can recall, you know, three in the morning up with, you know, baby feeding and in Canva coming up with like a branding document and, you know, core values and what we would say on our launch press release and, um, you know, looking at photographers to get headshots and, you know, all, all of these things, which, you know, I think, gosh, that was a bit of a blur. Um, but we, we were really excited about doing this. And although it felt like quite a risk, obviously, with both of us in the business together and not having that fallback of one of us having a, a stable, you know, full time job just to keep the income coming in. We just thought, let's go all in. We knew that we each of us had different skill sets from the industry. And we it might be that both of us um, might not be working completely in tandem at the time so one of us might need to lead on certain projects depending on what came in and the other one could be more flexible to do um more kind of at home and, and childcare, and then we could flip it so we've we've evolved and I think because we kind of transitioned through the pandemic there was a lot more um requirement for marketing and communications as the businesses came out of um lockdown to, to sort of really communicate and get back in sure. touch with their with their guests and then I think now we've really transitioned into providing um this yeah holistic support where both Michael and I are working in tandem um, both in the business and on the business. So um, I would say that for my side, I'm probably a little bit more client facing. I'm, I'm the chatterbox and I'm also having the, um, I love the, the, the client facing and, and, you know, Michael does speak to clients, but I think I, I lead on that. And I think when we look at our personality profiles, we, um, I'm very much the red, the driver, and Michael's a little bit more of the analytical and just ensuring that what we're doing is is right and taking that time. So actually, we're a really good combination of just getting stuff done, but getting stuff done right. So um, we're, we're a great team. I think a lot of people, you know, we, we get asked a lot, what's it like to work with your wife or your husband? And actually, I think, you know, we're, we're partners in life. We're partners in business we have both come from the industry so we do understand that it's a 24-7 business and sometimes you know I'll have to maybe jump on a call at 10 p.m if we're maybe speaking to someone in the states or we both have to travel a little bit more and we're really supportive of that and and never question because we've both under, we all both understand the industry so I think we have a lot of empathy um mm. and we we really just su support each other and I think whenever we've hit a bit of a I don't know an imposter syndrome situation or questioning whether something feels right we've we've been able to really sit back and, and discuss it and come up with something that we're both really happy with and committed to so that's that's yeah it's been amazing but I mean it, it we we do have a young family as you say we have um you know we're, we're in half term as we're speaking at the moment and um you know Michael's downstairs with the kids now and you know what I I've been on many a call uh you know the kids are suddenly charging in and jumping on the bed behind me and I'm sort of pitching to a CEO of a business but I think actually with lockdown and us all being connected through zoom and things we we did have that window into everyone's personal life at, at all levels of seniority across industries and that just made us all a little bit more human so i think you know really the relationships that i've got with our clients are, are very long-standing most of our clients have been with us i would say at least for three years since pretty much when we started so you know they understand that i'm a working parent um as long as i get stuff done and we are productive they're very open to when that happens how it happens um and we've built that trusted relationship with them so it, it can feel really hectic and I, I feel sometimes you know I'm, I'm sat on a call with this you know real professional um veneer sometimes and behind me is just absolute chaos and you know I'm just but then I just yeah have that that hat on and then you know I'll I'll 
run down and put a load of washing on and and you know do, do the things that that working parents do so um we're, we're very lucky that we've got a supportive family here and we moved back to the northeast which is where my family are from so we've got um you know grandparents we've got aunts and uncles um so we we do have that support network as well and they're very very supportive of, of us in our journey with halo so when perhaps mike and i have both had to travel together for a certain event we're always very grateful for that family support to to help us to progress so yeah yeah it's been quite a a learning journey but I think as I say we've we've both come from this industry and we 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 understand the the ups and downs really and support each other so it never spills so I because I'm I'm an entrepreneur yeah and my husband is and we have a small one. We, we have been entrepreneurs since 2011-12 um, on different businesses. You know, we have exited businesses, opened another business. It, it never stops in our house. And we have experienced a few times to, to work together. And it's a, like red no. It is, yeah. it would never, like, we would never be able to work together if we wanted to. We were like, okay, we choose the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to protect. Because it would spill. So whatever happened in the marriage, and if if I was, you know, annoyed by because something, it would spill over the uh, business and vice versa. So it never spills. You never fight. <laughs> Do you know, we had, it sounds really kind of boring. Of course, we, we, I think because of our different styles, I think that was something, um, and a, a good friend of mine is, is a coach. And she, I think when we first started the business and we were getting to know how each other worked, because, um, yeah, as I say, I'm very much the driver, just getting stuff done, just keep, keep progressing. And, and, and I, I'm probably, um, guilty of maybe getting to the point of burnout quite quickly because I just want to get everything done now 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 go 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 um and sometimes there was times I think when when Michael's like you know let's just take a moment I'm like I haven't got a moment you know so I think it was like let's just make sure we get this right but then when when we have taken that moment and he's gone through and said actually how about we approach it in this way I think, oh yes, he's right. <laughs> you know, <we've, laughs> he is right. We did take need to take that moment, and I think, I think, yeah, that was very interesting. And my friend, who was a coach, had said, "Look, if you look at your personality profiles, you are clearly a red ash with, you know, maybe a little bit of yellow and that kind of personable." And and Mike's um, definitely more on the sort of analytical, and because you know he's worked in in that operations where he has to really pinpoint. Um, you know that what what what's maybe a bottleneck in a process that's leading to something at, at the hotel that's not working and, and doing these sort of deep dives sort of six sigma style projects so he's very tuned into being more analytical in my mind is just oh you just work slower than I do when actually he's like yeah you're just going a million miles an hour and you know we need to make sure that this is right rather than you just go 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 so I think there was definitely that um understanding and appreciation of each other's styles and how we could actually make that work to our benefit so I think you know we we have that really good combination now and and have got into our flow of I think I probably really lead on what our workflows look like in terms of our client delivery um, outputs and then also what we need to do in our um sorry on our business to to really propel it forward um and we've we've moved to um moving like a trello board for example that that we look at visually and that is is a really good way instead of me being the the nag um sorry dear have, have you done that yet the deadline's not until tomorrow dear oh okay oh see the trello board oh thank you so, <laughs> so technology has become our friend so we we um, we actually got a virtual assistant who was much better equipped at just moving our to-do lists um onto Trello um, and we can have a quick stand up we'll drop the kids off in the morning and um, if, if I'm working here and, and not away we'll have a quick kind of 10 minute stand up as you would I suppose in a business looking at what needs to happen that day any challenges what needs to happen by the end of the week um, and then any big picture things um, and yeah so we, we we've definitely moved to being better at managing our time and therefore I think 
been really understanding about priorities. But yeah, it was a, a, a definite learning curve of each of us kind of not understanding the, the way each other worked and why, but we've, we've definitely overcome that, I think, now. That's, that's amazing. And do you think that overcoming that, so the um, collaboration in the business, did it impact positively your marriage relationship or not? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And I think um, some of that organisation that we do in our business also helps to organise with our three kids as well. So actually, um, yeah, there's. I, I feel like personally I focus on being so organised in my professional life and sometimes, you know, getting kids to parties on time or making sure I've handed in the slip for the school parents' evening to get a time allocated. You know, sometimes I've been known to maybe not get that done. Um, so, you know, we... My, Michael's really good at, at picking up on that side of things which I'm just really yeah I think I focus so much on on the on the halo to do's and sometimes on those you know just the life admin of having three kids and them all going to different clubs and parties etc so um yeah I think we really value each other's support and and picking stuff up and 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 at the end of the day if we if we you know um we just laugh about it if, if something happens we just we just have to to laugh about it but I I think yeah we've, we've always been and I don't know what the secret sauce is but we've always been able to make that separation I think between you know what happens with Halo and then what happens in at home life and of course there will be you know we'll be having dinner and suddenly I'll think oh did we send that invoice to that client um <laughs> You know, and, and, and it'll kind of ruin the vibe of the family dinner or something. So we, we've really tried to make sure that we that we have that separation and that we also have some time um, for us as well. So it's our 10th wedding anniversary coming up soon. Ah, congratulations. So, well, thank you. So we, we've made a plan that we'll just, you know, have some time away just, just for the night, but have a nice dinner, have go for a nice walk and just have some time for us as as us as as a married couple rather than it being um you know accelerating our business or you know being parents for for the day so just having that sort of separate time but yeah we wear many hats so I think it's sometimes hard to to shift in between oh yeah I mean look um it's I'm I'm quite in awe of what you have achieved with Halo despite the fact that you have three kids and you had your last one like really close to launching Halo. So those are like, it shows that you have done a lot of things right. But if from that perspective, and and then I'm going to come to um, uh, COVID, but before talking about COVID, from the perspective of having a, a busy family and having a growing business with your partner and probably you are always like together what would be like what is the kind of you think oh you know what this is the key of us making it happen um I think so yeah there's definitely we we spend a huge amount of time together and even more so obviously in lockdown um I think for us it was just being as organized as we could in terms of have, having a plan um, and and sticking to the plan as, as best we could. So we, we would see where we needed to get to, set some goals and really work back from there and, and break it down to, okay, well, what do we need to do today, this week, this month to get us towards this goal? Um, and, you know, that, that was, it was never perfect. And we <clears throat> learned a lot along the way. Um, and, in the last year, we've actually been on an entrepreneur accelerator program, which is all through NatWest Business. And that has provided us with such an amazing structure for how we envisage growing and scaling our business, what needs to happen, um, being accountable to our business coach and, and our fellow entrepreneurs that, that we are in this community with to, to drive our business forward. And I think that has also helped to validate some of the decisions that we've made, but also has helped to identify, you know, maybe 
our our approach or our attitudes you know could could have been different um so so and i think yeah having that objective and professional um view of our business about you know what we've done well but what what we could could do better and i think that the biggest takeaway for me from that was i think we were so busy saying yes to so many things and and we we probably didn't niche into hospitality um straight away because we wanted to be flexible and to be you know to work across different businesses and and the skills that you acquire working in hospitality are really transferable um and we we started to work with um some businesses that were quite quite away from hospitality and i think that really stretched us and and stretched our capacity as well and and i think we we really realized quite quickly that actually that wasn't the right decision for our business and we had to be better at really looking at okay who who is our ideal client um you know and and really saying no we are going to work in the hospitality sector it's a huge sector there's plenty of work for everyone let's really specialize in this and this is where our skill sets are um but I think we, we took quite a while to maybe get to that point because we just didn't want to maybe exclude any opportunity um but I think we we in hindsight would have been better to have niched a lot earlier and and been in an industry that we both know but I think yeah that that was a, a great learning curve for us and now we are very confident to say yeah we, we service the hospitality sector fabulous yeah so okay key takeaways I'm hearing planning um uh, external help with the uh, with yes. the um uh coaching and guidance and also niching definitely yeah Fab. Those are like, you know, all the time I keep saying that. So, so it is aligned. Amazing. So let's talk a tiny bit about COVID because the trauma is still there, right? And people are still talking about it. So you had quit your jobs. You had a baby. You had just um, incorporated your business and COVID happened. Did you have any clients at that moment? We did. We had an active client project, a really lovely rebranding project, which was taking me to London every week, in fact, to um, spend some time in their head office. So that was probably about two months work worth of work. Um, and we had a few other things in the pipeline um, following on some, from some freelance projects that we'd done in between having our, our two um children that we were sort of keeping warm but we we'd had so we as you said launched 2019 um we had some wonderful support from our connections in the industry and lots of people getting in touch saying hey this is great you know let's let's keep in touch um I'm sure there'll be opportunities for us to work together. Um, and yeah, we secured a, a really lovely client, which I'm delighted to say we're still doing some work with now. And that relationship has um, continued to to evolve. Um, but we were thinking, great, we're up and running. We had lots of positive conversations. And then um, it was really strange. I, so I was going up and down to London. Um, so we're based in the northeast of England. And every week I would go down to London from sort of January through to early February, we were hearing whispers which turned into like this something serious is coming. This this is happening. And I'd come back up to the northeast in Newcastle and everyone was just like oblivious to what was kind of coming. And we were all in coffee shops and still chatting and, you know, sharing you know a water bottle ran between people and I'm kind of like no 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 I, I think there's something like really bad that's coming and it, I almost felt like the news didn't reach Newcastle until a good couple of weeks after London and I think we, we could see in the business on the books for the hotel group that we were working with was just starting to wash with um, people particularly coming from um, from China and from Southeast Asia and then we started to see that decline and then of course there was the news that the first person in the UK had um, identified that they had COVID so um, 
again, I think it was played down as a, oh, you know, it won't happen to us kind of situation. But I think, yeah, being in an active project, I could really see firsthand of the potential impact that this was going to have on the industry. Um, but we, we continued working with them until early March. And then the news came that everyone was just shutting their doors. And, and with that, our, our um, contract sadly had to come to an end. So pretty much overnight, we went from having you know some income to having nothing. Um, we were such a young business, we didn't qualify at that stage for any furlough. And my maternity pay had all um, finished. So we were like, okay, this is pretty serious. Um, got a mortgage to pay, we've got three kids. Um, and we just didn't want to give up. We, we wanted to see how we could find a way of still contributing to the industry and, and being connected. And hopefully when things started to recover, we were in a position that we could start working with hotels and, and restaurants and things again. Um, and it was a lovely kind of chance phone call um I picked up with a wonderful branding agency who I'd worked with previously um when I was in Scotland in fact they were our branding agency so I was the client of this business and just had a, a chat about hey like how how are things going with your business you work with a lot of hotels have your contracts come to a, a close you know what what are you kind of thinking of doing wait we've lost all of our business overnight and we started to have a conversation around wouldn't it be a great opportunity while everyone's now stuck at home, hotel doors are closed, people are trying to make sense of what's happening, to bring together a community of people within the industry to have some virtual um, networking and, and um, roundtable events. So we sort of very quickly came up with this name and he's um, amazing at branding so all, all of a sudden we had this amazing sort of set of assets that we could go out and start um, publishing it and we recorded a video to launch it um, so we, we called this event um, series the sweet series um, leading from lockdown and we basically invited all of our you know friends in the industry from um, the director of sales and marketing at the Balmoral Hotel to um, Mandarin Oriental we had the director of marketing at the Savoy we were calling in favors left right and center from anyone we'd ever worked with over sort of 10-20 years and we, over the, the first wave of lockdown, we had a weekly series of about maybe four to six guests from all different parts of, of the industry within hospitality and travel and um, from all around the world. And really, it was just about them sharing their experiences. Some of the hotels had remained open and were providing um, services to key workers. Some had closed completely and had to furlough all of their staff. Um, some were kind of a bit of a hybrid, were still not quite sure how they were navigating. And whilst potentially a lot of those hotels in an ordinary environment might have been competitors, actually, we all became real collaborators and real um, sort of supporters of, of each other and, and providing that moral support of, of what everyone was going through. Um, so we, we did those series, we put them out on YouTube, um, and then we distilled all of the insights into a white paper and shared that amongst everyone that had attended and some of our other industry connections. And as a result of that, we secured um, three clients um, that we had you know, been in discussions with, but I really felt that they um, had got a lot from those um, roundtables and they could see the value that we could bring um, and as soon as they were in a position from a budget perspective or their hotels reopening, they said, Halo, you know, we want to work with you and we're still working with them as of today. So that was just a really great um, way, I think, of us being connected. I, I feel like I, I would have, yeah, I, I just needed to kind of keep going. I wasn't ready to give up on our, our baby. <laughs> um, so are, and you were so right. <laughs> and that that was it. We I was in the same situation. We had launched 5th of March and, oh, wow. and the lockdown was 23rd oh, or 22nd. Goodness. I can't remember. And we did exactly the same thing. We ran every week. I ran workshops for how do you keep you know above your head above the water during lockdown how do you know and it's all it was all about visibility it was all yeah. about bringing value um not stopping being visible increasing your visibility so that when when things 
went back to normal, people remembered you. And that was that was how actually we were able to build a um, community. I mean, I was like everything in my business from admin perspective, I was doing service swaps. Wow. Because yes. I had no money and, yeah, and no one had no money, but yeah. we, we had time. So we yeah. were doing service swaps all the Fantastic. time. Like someone made, did my uh, website and I coached them. And, you know, it was like, brilliant. it was, a, a, and that's how also we build the, um, the community exactly. that we, we have now. So um, I, I totally agree with you. What a great, great um, example of, uh, of how, how a, a completely young business, early stage startup, could survive and and then thrive right after the um, after the COVID. And I'm gonna say thrive because, from what I know, um, the business is starting to thrive. Right, it is. Uh, you're on a roll. Everything is going much better, and you have won a lot of awards. Like, <laughs> I just want like you know. Had I not done this, it wouldn't work kind of answer. This is, the, this is the one thing that we have done that we know impacted our growth. Um, so I think it was probably that exact example around building a community. Um, and I think we, we always try to, to offer value and deliver value and also I think now that our business has grown um year on year we we also in a position that we can give back with with our time so um so I do um voluntary work for Sheffield Hallam University as an entrepreneur in residence and deliver guest lectures I'm also part of the girls network to to mentor um girls from more sort of disadvantaged communities um to to really help them through those those teenage years so for for me, I suppose the 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 one thing that's helped us grow, I think, has has been a, a long long term focus on building a community, and whether that is through our, our own networks and providing this sweet series, whether that's doing work within the community, within you know the next generation of professionals coming up through university and the work that we do there, the girls network and empowering young women to to be successful. For me it's all been about being community focused, value led, um, and and wanting to to ultimately do good. Mm. Um and I, I feel like that attitude has just continued to to as a byproduct our, our, our business has grown because I think people can align with us and our values and they they want us to be part of their community and vice versa so I think we've always yeah been a, very values driven and and attracted people to work with us as collaborators clients we all share very similar values and I think that has helped to to build a resilient community and a resilient pipeline of of work that has allowed our business to grow year on year that is again I I love what you're saying thank you so much it is you focused on giving care yeah and 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 connecting and that is probably like you know I always say that I don't know what's your um point of view on that but um whenever I am in front of a entrepreneur who's new to entrepreneurship or you know they have the best idea, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and they know how to do it. And all they are lacking is the website and, and the followers on Instagram. And I always say, really? I mean, like, for Instagram to work, you got to put a lot, a lot of years, efforts, et cetera, et cetera, in it. But actually saying hi to people work as well <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah no it's so so true and and I, I love that you come back to this word care and um you know being caring and and hospitality is is absolutely that that is hospitality right it, it's it's care and care for people so yeah I, I I also completely agree I think you know that having your followers are on Instagram or whatever social platform you're on, 
Great, but it's having those meaningful connections. That's what is going to propel you forward and and build a resilient business going forwards, in, in my opinion. I do believe that as well. Well, Ashley, this was an amazing second time chat. <laughs> <laughs> Great to re- yeah, recap. Um, we're coming towards the end. And um, I don't know if you've um, uh, heard about this specific question of mine. So I asked this to all my guests um, because the name of this podcast is She's Awesome. And the purpose of it is that I... Um, give a platform to women who are awesome to own their awesomeness. Um, so the next question is, Ashley, why are you awesome? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, so we've talked uh, quite a bit of, about f- family and how they're so integrated into our business and the, the motivation for creating our business. Um, and my daughter is actually named after a famous suffragette, um, which was all about female empowerment. But one of their mottos is deeds, not words. And I really live my life by just get it done. You know, great to have the ideas, great to talk about it, but let's just get it done. So just, yeah, action orientated, um, just, yeah, ha- have the ideas, but follow through and actually just get it done. So, yeah, d- deeds, not words is my kind of pillar that I live my life by in many ways. So I feel like, yeah, I, I hopefully that is kind of something that makes me awesome that I feel like women have um, been empowered to do since suffragette days, um, which yeah has a personal connection for me with my, my with my daughter's name. So yeah <laughs> well that you are awesome and, and that is a great um motto for being awesome as well thank you so much for oh, thank you. coming sharing your amazing um really inspiring story with a beautiful smile um i really loved our discussion and i know that our listeners will love it as well thank you for being here oh thank you so much jay it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you not once but twice and (laughs) very grateful for being here today on she is awesome so thank you so much thank you